Welcome to the Modern Ministry Podcast, where we discuss key issues in contemporary ministry. The Modern Ministry Podcast is a weekly podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. I'm your host, Jack Carson, and in today's episode, we have Dr. Steve Lowe joining Dr. Troy Temple to discuss the biblical and theological foundations of the online church in the time of the coronavirus. Well, Dr. Steve Lowe, uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Modern Ministry Podcast. Um, it's a privilege to just to spend some time with you. Uh, it's always a, a blessing just to hear from your point of view and perspective with uh, the just the, the wealth of, of experience and knowledge I know that you've gained over the years. And it's definitely been a blessing here. There's no doubt that in these days, everybody's asking a lot of questions. Mm. Uh, many people run to the forefront of this and try to say, let's do it this way. And I think oftentimes when we approach things that way, when, when new scenarios and new, new situations arise, we don't always stop to say why or how or what is the foundation that helps support what we're going to do. We just want to go attack. And I know that that can be somewhat my personality from time to time is that I want to go find a solution. Let's go solve this problem right away. But it's, it's got to be uh, incumbent on us to, to, to have some people around us that can say, here's what it looks like and here's why. Uh, here are some thoughts that we need to consider that help us um, not just do something, but to do it in a certain way that's faithful to who we are and who we are in Christ ultimately. And so what are some things you're seeing amidst this, this new scenario that we're in or situation with COVID-19 uh, amidst the, the hurt and, the, and, the, and the, the grieving that is, that is going on in communities all over the country and the world? But as the church responds and attempts to both serve that community, but also to continue to be about the mission of the Great Commission, uh, what are some unique uh, just ob- observations that you've had? Well, what I've noticed is that it's provided a time for us to kind of step back a little bit away from all of our day-to-day busyness of doing church ministry mm-hmm. and kind of in a way forced us to do some critical reflection, to do some assessment, to um, think about what you raised earlier, why we're doing mm-hmm. what we're doing. Our tendency as um, evangelicals is to want to be active, to be proactive, to be engaged, to be doing. That's good. We need to have that. Uh, But from time to time, I think it's important for us to kind of step back from all that busyness and uh, spend some time thinking and reflecting and studying on the scriptures and theology and what they may have to say to us about the current situation that we're in. Right. And that's kind of one of the things we're trying to do here to Liberty University, especially in the School of Divinity, to help our students who are either in ministry now or mm-hmm. preparing for ministry to be able to think through those kinds of things in a deliberate kind of fashion. That's good. And I know you have uh, you put a lot of work in for the for the School of Divinity here as you're overseeing our, our master's level degree programs in the in Christian leadership and church ministry. But I know recently uh, we've just we've just begun the process of of uh, uh, of, of releasing out a new cognant that's available in our Master of Divinity degree program, as well as um, um, at least one other degree program, MAR. That fo- the MAR, mm-hmm. that focuses on on four key courses uh, made up uh, that that make up the area of church ministry in the digital age. Uh, can you give me a quick flyover? What 
what does that curriculum look like? Because I think some people may hear church ministry in the digital age and think, man, I'm going to take that one because they'll help me understand how to, how to operate the computer, how to, how to capture audio and video and how to, how to put it out there and, you know, in the most, you know, trendy ways right. to get the most views and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and influences. But, but what is this cognate really dealing with? Well, my uh, mentor at Michigan State University, the late Dr. Ted Ward, who trained a lot of Christian leaders, uh, especially in Christian higher education over the 30 years that he was there at that university, uh, always taught us in the curriculum development course that uh, the curriculum that you're working on today is saying something about the future. It's your vision of the future. Well, in some realities, the future of digital church is already here. When you look at, for instance, one of the speakers we're going to be having uh, later this month uh, on a webinar that we're sponsoring, he's been doing uh, online church ministry for 10 years at Saddleback. Hmm. So it's not something new to him. It's something kind of old hat to him. But for many of us, um, most churches are getting their feet wet right now because of the coronavirus and the restrictions placed on churches in terms of gathering together. So we're kind of being forced to think about it uh, in a way we hadn't done before, but we had already been thinking about this for a while because right. we're going to solve this coming down the pike as something that our students need to have kind of in their uh, bag that they're taking with them into ministry. And if we only prepare them for doing ministry in physical spaces in a, on a campus in a church building, then we're really not preparing them effectively I would agree. for ministry in the 21st century. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And I think that's the, uh, uh, the desire for the School of Divinity has always been to come alongside the church in its quest to fulfill the Great Commission. And we're seeing, because of corona, uh, we're seeing the church really thrust into a new dimension of, of accomplishing that in, in, in the areas of, of technology and social distancing and, and using media in, those, in those, those methods to be more effective. But uh, there's a lot of struggle going on, no doubt. And I think, and I really appreciate the way you mentioned that because it, it has been something the School of Divinity has been thinking about. Mm. And, um, and, and because it's not just something that is here now, it's, 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 a, it's where we were headed even before this, like you said, that there's going to be opportunity in doing ministry. And I, I appreciate that. You know, you did mention, I want to take a quick second for a commercial uh, because, <laughs> uh, because there are, there's a series of four webinars that starts, uh, I believe it's, uh, uh, it starts this month uh, a couple, in a couple of days from the time we recorded this. And, uh, and so it's going to be available where we're going to have some guests that are going to be talking through, uh, you know, church ministry during the time of coronavirus and, and what that looks like. And some are going to give some actual technological insight mm. as well as some philosophical understanding. And I know you're kicking that off with the first one. Uh, and so I hope that those who can join in will and, uh, and those who maybe have missed it can go back and, and pick up and, and, and watch that and, and really gain some insight from that. So as we think about uh, church ministry in the digital age and and where we've been and where we're going, uh, one of the things that that, that always um, I think needs to be asked is: Are we doing something in response to something, or is this something that 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 predated the current situation? And, mm -hmm. and we just mentioned that that's we are doing something in response, but this predated this this particular situation, and so. I, w I wanted to, 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 to move this to uh, maybe talking about church ministry in the digital age from the sense of understanding uh, what it looks like for us to engage in spiritual formation. What does discipleship look like? Um, how do we still connect in, in, in community? 
and and then ultimately how all that fits together uh, in in a in a somewhat of a digital ecology of formation. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you know a little bit about that particular thing. So, <laughs> I love that word. Yeah, ecology. I'll have to borrow that from you. <laughs> um, yeah, a little while ago I did an interview with Christianity Today, and one of the statements that I made during that interview got a lot of attention on the Twitterverse and got retweeted quite a bit. What I said in the interview was that one of the issues that we're confronting today is that we're doing church ministry in the digital age. Mm-hmm but we're doing it with an analog model of ministry. That's good. And what I meant by that is that there's kind of a mismatch between what we're actually being confronted with in terms of church ministry as it is in front of us today that is a combination of things that we do in a physical structure, in a physical space, in a particular geographical location, plus other things we are doing in a digital or online environment. And the combination of those is really characterizing most church ministry today in one form or another. Right. So I think what I was trying to argue there is that one of the things that we need to do is not necessarily um, update our theology or our understanding of Scripture, but make our understanding of theology and Scripture more relevant to the issue that we're being confronted with today, which has to do, I think, a little bit with our understanding of spiritual formation and where that takes place mm-hmm. and how it happens and our whole understanding of the church and what it means to be the church, whether we're gathered in a physical location altogether or whether we're scattered like we are right now Mm -hmm. uh, across the four corners of the earth. Does it make any difference to God? Does it make any difference to the Word of God Mm -hmm. um, whether we're in one location or the other? Right, And I think the scriptures have some things to say about that. I think the epistle of 1 Peter mm-hmm. being addressed to the diaspora, to those that were scattered abroad throughout Asia Minor, um, and were in the midst of kind of an identity crisis that the apostle Peter wanted to address. Yeah, who are we now that we're not gathered together anymore? Right. We're scattered across the face of the earth. Are we still the people of God? Mm-hmm. And he comes back at them in chapter 2 and says, yeah, you're a chosen race, royal priesthood. Uh, you're a people called out. You're a spiritual house, a spiritual ecology who can offer spiritual sacrifices to God. So right. uh, I think there are a lot of things in Scripture that have some relevance to our situation today. We simply need to make those connections and be a little more deliberate about it. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think those, those comparisons to the di- diaspora as well as to other other. Um, narratives throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament where both God's people are scattered and somewhat sparse in some some different you know locations mm-hmm. but then sometimes they're also sent and there's this in, in either case there's a there's a, a separation a proximity relationship to the local church uh, that is necessary and it's actually part of the mission that you're not to stay in one place. Uh, even the Great Commission, you know, we we understand that to mean it's a it's a commission given to us as we're doing, as we're going, be about making disciples. And so there's not just a sitting down in one place. And and while this situations like this probably create some discombobulated, you know, uh, orientation for mm. many of us uh, at differing levels, um, we still need to. You know, reflect back and ask this question, God, how are you sending me? Or are we being scattered for another purpose to meet other people? Um, you know, I think that the connection point is important. And, and I know you mentioned that word ecology, and 
when we use the term and say that and, and speak the term ecology of spiritual formation, that's a term I know that uh, both you and your wife have done a lot of research in and published in, and uh, and really uh, I think uh, help to elevate what we understand that to mean here in the School of Divinity and our students. Um, but but talk to me a little bit about uh, what is an ecology of spiritual formation. Uh, give me the layman's term, uh, and then uh, what did that look like before COVID nineteen? And what does it look like after, or are there really any marked differences? Yeah. Well, there is a relationship, I think, between what we might call a theology of place Mm -hmm. and an ecology of space. The scriptures talk about both, I think. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Old Testament, you made mention of that in terms of um, the people of God there and their understanding of being sent to a location, mm-hmm. to the land of promise. Mm-hmm. Um, in Deuteronomy 14, uh, Moses makes a lot of reference to the place where God will have his name dwell, right. the tabernacle and the temple, uh, all of those very specific locations. The early church met in a specific space mm-hmm. uh, in homes, uh, in synagogues. And in other locations, I'm in caves. Uh, All of those places were important uh, in terms of what they were saying about who the church was. Mm. But uh, in addition to that, there is this idea in Scripture that a place is situated within a larger ecological frame of reference. Nothing in God's creation uh, lives by itself. There is nothing in God's creation that can grow by itself. No plant, Mm. no flower, no tree. Well, the same is true in terms of humans in the kingdom of God and in the church. Uh, No individual Christian can grow by itself alone. It's connected to a larger ecology. Paul talks about it as the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. but he uses the human body and its ecological interconnections as an illustration of the church as a spiritual body with all of its ecological interconnections. And those things, I think, uh, suggest to us that the scriptures are always moving in a certain direction, kind of a, what you might call a hermeneutical movement, an interpretive movement. And it's always from um, a description of growth in creation as an illustration of growth in the kingdom or the church. All the parables that Jesus told operate that way. Is it possible that that our relationship uh, need that God met in the garden was a beginning point that eventually expounds to where we will be when the marriage supper of the Lamb is is, mm. is seen and, and realized and consummation of the, the grand narrative is, is experienced mm. to where now the bride of Christ comes into full relationship with Him. And so the church is, a, is another um, expanded expression of that, and and we see that ecology and that, and of course, the metaphors that Paul used mm. uh, in with, with with great skill and and incredibly simple, but but deep. Uh, and I wonder if that is is somewhat of a narrative progression uh, all the way back from the beginning. So, yeah, I think the um, kind of the centerpiece of that, or where it's all headed in terms of that grand narrative, is towards the incarnation of Jesus, mm-hmm. his manifestation of God in the flesh. And for many, this is kind of their uh, determining marker of whether or not an experience for Christians is authentic or not. Mm. That is, is the experience incarnational? Does it partake of the flesh? Does it have that physical component to it that Jesus modeled for us in his incarnation? And many of them will use that as an argument against any kind of 
non-physical context for Christian right. ministry of any kind. Right. You know, we've had to deal with that for years at Liberty Absolutely. in terms of the understanding of online education. Mm -hmm. you, know, you just can't do that kind of stuff from a Christian perspective because it's not real, authentic, mm -hmm. uh, physical encounters. You need to have, as one guy said, the hot breath of the instructor right. uh, blowing in the face of the student. Well, the problem with that is... And now we have that hot breath shading and fogging up the screen. <laughs> the screen. I know, at a distance. <laughs> at a distance. Um, the problem I see with that thinking is um, Jesus is no longer here in physical form. Hmm. He has ascended to the Father. He sits at the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. Mm -hmm. The question then becomes, is that an inferior form of ministry for Jesus because he's not here physically? Right. Uh, well, many would argue that from a church perspective, because we aren't gathered together physically, we really aren't the church. We're kind of a, a form of it, but it's not the real thing. You see that language a lot, real thing. Right. Well, um, the church gathered is the physical aspect of the church. The church scattered is the spiritual aspect, and one's not inferior to the other, just like it is in relationship to the ministry of Jesus. That's good. So we've got to be careful how we think about these things, because we're oftentimes saying things theologically we really don't mean. I like that. That's that's good for us to check those things. Mm -hmm. And and I, and I love the way you've 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 been able to put some some feelers and some handles on understanding the difference between uh, you know who we are in Christ uh, compared to how we've how we've uh, elevated the the space that we experience that in, mm -hmm. especially in, in in traditional church practices. Uh, and that, that has been a struggle. Uh, and other guests we've had on the podcast recently, that's been one of the topics that we've really delved into is that. You know, it's it's difficult right now, but people are starting to acclimate after four or five weeks now. Mm -hmm. They're starting to acclimate towards those rhythms, uh, while some are still aiming towards that Sunday morning when the pastor and the and the church is making that available via the internet. Now, they're still focusing in on that time is when I'm really being faithful. Mm -hmm. I'm that's where I am, and and it's almost a disconnect even at a at a more pronounced nature than it was before because now you're doing that from inside the community where you live whereas before we were coming to four walls mm -hmm. and it was obvious that we, that we do something special in here and now the something special is still coming from kind of those four walls but you, we're in the community and yet we're still organizing our spiritual life in some ways around that time slot even though it's not a space so we can try to recapture some of that space mm -hmm. instead of being pushed out. So I asked that question. I mean, is is there a difference? Um, you know, um, do we need a, a better emphasis on 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 who we are in Christ? Uh, what was the term that you had used earlier versus spaces? Um, uh, talking about the essence of of who we are versus the environment that we're in. Yeah, and um, and and I think. Do we need, or maybe one way we need to think about it is: Does there need to be a, a more emphatic pronouncement of an essence over, or maybe alongside, in any environment? So, regardless of where we are, we really need to push back into who we are in Christ as the body of Christ, like you were saying, as Paul reflected back on that. Well, one of the things I want to try to do in this first session we're going to have on Thursday in the webinar is to deal with this issue from both a biblical and theological perspective. Mm -hmm. We've been talking primarily up to this point about a biblical perspective, but the theological emphasis needs to be brought to bear here too in terms of some ways in which we can think about how our theology already prepares us for doing these kinds of ministries in right. a distributed environment. Okay. And I th I'm thinking of two primarily. 
the doctrine of the communion of saints uh -huh. and the doctrine of the omnipresence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, those two pillars, doctrinal pillars of the church that have been with us from the very beginning, mm. I think inform our current understanding of what we're facing as a scattered community of believers. Mm -hmm. The communion of saints has been around since the first days of the church and is a long-standing historic doctrine that one theologian kind of summarized this way, that in the spirit, believers are always present, never absent. Mm -hmm. So even though we're not gathered together physically in the same location, right. we are still present with one another because we have that connection through the spirit right. who isn't constrained by time and space. Right. Therefore, the in Christ connection that we have through a relationship to Christ continues as a church, as individuals, as a corporate body of believers, regardless of where we are physically in the world. And that should be a source of reassurance and comfort to us, but it also should be a part of our thinking about the ministry implications of that mm -hmm. and our understanding of whether or not we're uncomfortable with this current situation. We only see it as kind of a you know, a temporary fix, but when we get over this, we're going to go back to the real stuff and we won't have to address these issues again. And I'm thinking, well, uh, maybe mm. in your world that'll be the case, but I think in a lot of other worlds, uh, things aren't going to be the same. I think right. there's going to be a drastic change that's been, that'll be permanent in terms of our understanding of who we are as the church. Yeah, that's a great turning point for us to pivot on uh, and ask this question that I think becomes more pragmatic. Uh, but still, you know, really cogent to what we're talking, uh, to what we're discussing. How do uh, Christians then grow spiritually in a digital environment? Uh, we're, we're forced on, it's forced on us now, but I, 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 I agree with you. There's a, there's a new reality that we're going to be living in post. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have to, as a church, ask that question. How do Christians grow spiritually in a digital environment? Well, one of the things we try to do in our book that you mentioned earlier, and one of the things we're really going to try to do in this webinar on Thursday, is to uh, think more globally about our concept of the body of Christ. Uh, when you take a look at the relationship I was mentioning earlier between um, natural ecology and spiritual ecology and that mm. connection that Jesus makes in his parables, um, natural ecologies require two things in order for growth to occur. You have to have organic interconnections of one form or another. Community. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you have to have some transactions or interactions that are taking place between those connections. Okay. It's not enough to have the connections. You've got to have some nutrients being passed between those connections that's actually going to um, contribute to the growth not only of the individual plant or flower or tree, but to the whole ecology itself. Right. Well, when you take a look at Paul's description of the church in Ephesians 4, he provides the interconnections and the interactions there in his description of how the church grows. He uses um, words that describe being together, being bonded together, being growing together. And built those, up. those connections right. of being built together are the spiritual connections that make it possible for us to be connected to Christ, but also connected to one another. Yeah. Through those, then, we are supposed to have contacts, the contact, the ligament contacts he talks about, or as Harold Honer describes it in his commentary, contagious contacts. That is when we rub up against each other through these interconnections, uh, whether they are in person or in space is making a difference because right. they're still there. 
then the growth occurs. That's how the growth of the body happens, through the interconnections and through the interactions. And even though we're separated from one another physically, mm -hmm. we're still interconnected to Christ and to one another, and we still have the capacity to share nutrients, spiritual right. resources with one another through a variety of means using technologies that are available, but through old-fashioned means like the telephone or letters. The Apostle Paul used letters to communicate spiritual truth and insight to his churches. Yeah, the first instance of distance learning exactly. uh, that we saw in Scripture. Which produced mm -hmm. spiritual growth in his readers and hearers. Absolutely. So there is some power in that because, again, it is the Spirit of God working through those communications that makes them effective. You know, there's, a, I think, a concept that we rarely consider, and I, I like to share this uh, in, in, in a couple of different sermons that I like to, to encourage congregations with, and that is if, if, I, if you're not growing as a part of the body of Christ, then I'm not growing. Uh, and, and, if, and if I'm not growing, then you're not growing. And usually when I state that, I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a particular church. I'm in a particular worship center, sanctuary, mm -hmm. auditorium. But what I always try to do is circle back around and say, I'm not just talking about those of us in this room. I'm talking about those of us in this room and my friends who are in Jakarta, mm -hmm. my friends who are in Nepal, my friends who are in Mexico City, who are all part of the body of Christ because they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If they're not growing, we're not growing. Or we're not growing at that at that level that we that we should be because we are not exercising all parts of the body and doing what, what you said. You actually gave me a, a new new understanding of that. We're exchanging those nutrients. Mm -hmm. Now, we may not have a direct com communication with that, and I think that's probably where some of the, the discussion you're going to have in that first webinar on the doctrine of the omnipresence of the Holy Spirit probably comes into play you bet. because it uh, he, he's the one that sustains us, but he also fills all. And uh, uh, we, we see that our responsibility isn't just that I work out one part of the body. And to, to go back to Paul's metaphor and his example, uh, you can work on your bicep all you want and have one really big right bicep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the problem is, is you're, you're going to be really impractical and the rest of the body is going to be really a, a, a hindrance to you because the whole body's not growing. And, and that's usually what I try to convey when I say we all have to grow. In other words, we all have to give and take and share those nutrients, encourage one another, which is what Ephesians 4 helps to admonish us towards. You know, Troy, I think what we've done inadvertently is that we have kind of idealized and elevated this notion of physical presence mm -hmm. as the only way that spiritual growth can occur, the only way we can worship, the only yeah. way we can be the church, the body of Christ. Yeah. When in reality, many times when we gather together, whether it's in the church for worship or in a class on campus, that idealized notion of mm -hmm. community really doesn't match up to the ideal. No. When we sit there in the same space in a sanctuary or worship center, that does not necessarily mean that we are interacting with one another and thereby encouraging one another and building up one another. Truly. You have to have those going on in order for the growth to occur. If you're just sitting in the same location, that doesn't mean necessarily mm -hmm. that you're growing together as the body of Christ. Yeah. And we've kind of said that uh, to have authentic Christian community, you need to be face-to-face -face because online you can deceive people. Mm -hmm. You can put up a false image of who you are. Well, that we, same. We kind do of, it every Sunday morning. Yeah, people do this all the time. Bernie Madoff would only meet with people in person. Mm -hmm. His fifty billion dollar Ponzi scheme was built on his ability to fool people in person. Mm -hmm. He had a mistress for twenty years, and he told her, "Don't ever trust me." And yet, she gave all of her family money to him and lost all of it. Mm. 
um, Larry Nasser, the coach for the gymnastics team, abused girls in front of their parents right. in, in gymnasiums, in the physical presence of other people. So that reality is not necessarily ideal. Or even it, accurate. Or accurate. Right. So we can't always put all of our eggs in that basket and assume that simply because we are together, therefore everything is solved. That's true. And, uh, and you know, I think the, the piece that we're missing goes back to what you were saying in, in relation to how we grow spiritually mm. in digital and digital means um, as a digital practice. And that is we have to engage one another in encouraging one another towards growth and, and, and what Hebrews 10, 24 yep. says towards love and good works. So when, when Paul uh, or whoever wrote Hebrews, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so maybe I, I spoke too soon, <laughs> uh, when they pin those words in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, were they speaking of a place? Well, in the context of what they were doing, probably yep. of a physical location. You need to come together in a physical location. Uh, now, I don't think we jettison the physical location, but we've had an added dimension of how we can accomplish coming together. And so we're seeing it right now in real time. I mean, we're seeing all the little, all the little Brady Bunch, uh, you know, squares mm -hmm. on the screen when when Zoom groups are happening or Microsoft Teams or you know whatever whatever software is being used. And people are now engaging. It's not just a, a tool; they're actually exchanging encouragement, admonition, teaching. Uh, and refinement of the of the of the walk of the Christian life, and, and through accountability, even, and so it's important for us to see that you know I agree with you that it's not it's not uh, we don't subvert maladies by being in physical presence mm. spiritually, or even or even in reality just humanly, uh, and so we miss that. Uh, you know, I the the last thing I, I really w would like to delve into because I honestly uh, we we could go for hours on this, and I know you've got enough content to go for days and weeks and months and years. How do we how do we form digital community, um, and then maintain it uh, without being held captive by the medium? Well, you have to be very intentional about it. You can't just assume that it's going to happen. Uh, I think we kind of get uh, lackadaisical or kind of lazy when it comes to the fact that we have people in a classroom or in a sanctuary right. or in a Bible study all together. Um, and when we're talking about distributed forms of communication and digital forms of ministry, you have to think through them a lot to more deliberately, just like we do here when we put a course together. Mm -hmm. You can't just do it on the fly like you can in the classroom. You've got to have it all ready to go on the first day right. that courses meet. Well, the same thing is true in terms of digital, digital ministry. You've got to have that thought through. You've got to have a plan of action. You've got to have things in place that are going to sustain it over the long haul, which is going to require not just technology, but also people. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to Jay Cranda at Saddleback Church a couple of weeks ago, and they have about 100 people that assist him. With online church. With online church. So it is a big enterprise and does require a lot of commitment on the part of the congregation to provide that kind of a resource and that different way of delivering what it means to be the church. Yeah, intentionality and resource. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, Steve, thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your day to be with us here on the Modern Ministry Podcast. Uh, it's been an encouragement, uh, a blessing, and by the looks of uh, your folder, we barely scratched the surface <laughs> if that, so thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's my Absolutely. privilege. Thank you. You just listened to the Modern Ministry Podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. 
please reach out to us at www.liberty.edu forward slash divinity if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and let us know if there's a pressing issue in your ministry that we should address in this podcast.